listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Yeah, well, Happy New Year. You guys ready for 2018? Amen. I am. I know I am. (laughs) I'm ready. Um, Let's pray together. Father, thank you. I just thank you for all you do in our lives. Father, thank you for this, uh, just the time of worship to be able to uh, bring our praise and adoration and worship to you. You are worthy. You're worthy to receive it all. Thank you for just life that you give us. Lord, thank you for freedom, for victory, for joy, for peace. Father, thank you for just all the things you do in our lives. Holy Spirit, we just we invite you in this place. We ask you to come and to open our hearts, open our minds and our spirit, uh, to just hear your word, to hear truth, and to to receive it and to respond, or to act, and to obey what your word says. In Jesus' name, amen. As we know, it's uh, you're blessed are those who hear it, right? Is that what the word says? Blessed are those who hear the word. Blessed are those who hear it and, and do hear and obey. Well, um, for the last several years, if you've been around, most of you guys have, for the last several years on this, um, typically this first Sunday of the year, um, I asked this question. And the question is, how many of you over the last couple of weeks have made this statement or something similar to it? I cannot believe it's been another year. Any of you thought that, said that, responded, I cannot believe 2017 has already come and gone. And uh, guess what? It has. And I'm going to prophesy. Y'all ready for this? Here's, the, here's my prophetic word. This time next year, We'll be saying the same thing. <laughs> I cannot believe another year has come and gone. And uh, the, the good news is, is that during that year, we have a lot of time uh, to do some incredible things uh, with the Lord and for the Lord and spending time with the Lord and spending time with each other and blessing one another and sharing and, 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 and just walking with God and walking with Jesus. And that's a... Uh, um, you know, it's not always, um, it's not always easy. It's not always fun. But it's always good. Because God's always good. No matter what, God is good. And sometimes we get tested in that. Sometimes we, we have to wonder. Sometimes we ask questions. Well, are we sure? And, uh, I know most of you guys know Kathy and I pretty well and know the year we've had, 2017, will go down in our journals as probably not our most favorite year. Um, just because of a number of things that, uh, that happened. My, um, you know, just the, just the struggles and pressures of what Josh was saying earlier about the building and all the issues that's been involved in that and what was going on with that. And, and, you know, my dad passing away during that time. Um, my mom almost dying twice during that time. We thought she was gone. Um, my sister came down with cancer. And has had radiation and chemotherapy. In fact, she has three more, three more treatments. And, uh, we had dinner with them last night. She's doing great, but 
just having to go through all that stuff. Kathy um, uh, getting drunk and falling off the curb and broke her. No, 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 that, that didn't happen. I'm sorry. Kathy falling off the curb and uh, she wasn't drunk. We need to clear that up. And uh, But she did trip and fall off a curb and break her foot. And then, as most of you are very aware, over the last several months of having been in the hospital a couple of times and having to deal with blood clot and, and liver um, gross and kidney cancer and uh, just fun stuff, you know, exciting, fun, uh, wonderful uh, things. And uh, then you add on top of that, I always love this passage I've shared with you guys before, but it's in 2 Corinthians, where Paul goes down and he lists all these things he's gone through, of, you know, being beaten 45 times, you know, and shipwrecked 15 times, exaggerating a little bit, but, you know, shipwrecked and stoned and, and, you know, all the stuff that he just lists off, I mean, that none of us have come close to going through, okay? And he lists those things off, and at the bottom of that list, he says, and then I add to that the daily concerns of the church. And I just always, it just always kind of, like, you put that right up there with all those other things. And, and if you've never really been in that position, uh, you don't understand sometimes the pressure that comes with just, just being pastor or leader of a church. And so, um, it's not been necessarily a, a great and wonderful year uh, for us, but, um, you know, you have choices to make. When those things happen, you have a choice. You can, you can get mad at God. You can, you know, crawl up in a corner and get in the fetal position and suck your thumb. <laughs> I mean, you can, you know, you can just get frustrated and, and, you know, probably more, more my temptation would be to move to the country somewhere where nobody's around and just do nothing. Um, so you could respond that way. I mean, there's a number of different ways you can respond when, when things don't go the way um, you want. Or you can choose to keep walking with God. You, know, you can choose to, choose to just kind of keep on keeping on. You can choose to look uh, at the things that are eternal instead of the things that are temporary. You can choose to keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Um, I've, I've shared this many times with you guys, but I've always loved, one of the things I remember after sitting under uh, Lee Brookins for so many years is that one of the statements he made numerous times was, in the kingdom of God, uh, there's only winners and quitters. If you don't quit, you win. <laughs> and that's always just kind of stuck with me. If you keep going, if you just keep moving forward, you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, you keep walking that direction, then all the other stuff just kind of Kind of phase to the side. You know, I mean, you find out, and, and some of the things you find out, I'm going to get into this in a minute, but some of the things you find out when you're going through some of that stuff is you really begin to find out what's, what's important. You know what I mean? I mean, you begin to find out that, uh, you know, when you're dealing with life and death, things just don't mean a whole bunch. Right? I mean, when you, when you're dealing with those kind of scenarios, you begin to realize that the things that are important and, and to me, obviously, you know, your friends, your family, your love, your spouse, you know, those things are, are way at the top of the list. But to me, even above that is Jesus. You know, is your, is your love affair with Him? You know, is how, how you're walking with Him? What's your, what's your intimacy with Him? What's that like? And what I found through my life, I've been doing this with Jesus for 40 something years now, 
is there's times where I let those kind of things, the negative, the trials, the temptations, the, the problems in life, there's been times in my life where I've let that separate me from Jesus because I question it. Like, why, God? You know, why, why do you let this happen? Why is this? You said in the Bible, if I did this, you would do this, and, and I don't see that happening. Why? And I would let those kind of things kind of make me drift away. But there's been many times, and I, I believe more times than the other, <laughs> those things push me toward the Lord instead of away from Him. So it makes me want to, want to get more intimate with Him. It makes me want to spend more time in His lap. It makes me want to spend more time pressing into the Word. More time worshiping. More time doing those kind of things. And so for me, my goal would be to always respond that way. It's, I don't know if you know it or not, stuff happens. Right? I mean, it, it, it happens. It, it will happen. We live in a, in a world, and we'll get more into this later in our kingdom teaching, but we live in a world that's just kind of between the times right now. Jesus has come, and He's accomplished all this stuff, and all this stuff has happened in our life, and we're, we've been set free, and we're righteous, and we get to walk with Jesus, and, 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 and sickness has been dealt with, and pain's been dealt with, the devil's been dealt with. At the same time, all those things still go on. Until the final consummation of that when Jesus comes back at the second coming. So we still live in a world where there's sin and sickness and disease. The cool thing is, or the good news is, is that we have authority and power over those things. And we can walk in victory. Even in the middle of them, we can walk in victory. And we walk, what is it, in the Psalms 23 where it says we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't, we don't necessarily get to skip it. And I love that picture because I've got it on my desk with that picture of, 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 you know, here's where you start and there's where you think you're going to wind up. And our thinking is it's a straight line like this. In reality, and the below picture is it's this thing. And that's the way it goes. And it's going up, but there's some, there's some times where you go in the valley and then there's some times when you go to the mountain. And there's some times where you go, and hopefully it's not this, you know, but it's, it's just, it's a, it's a trial, it's a test, and you keep going. It's a trial and a test, and you keep going, and you keep going to Jesus. Keep pushing into Him. And that's, that's, that's the goal. That's the whole purpose in this. But I want to read some verses to you in Romans chapter 5. In fact, just turn with me there in your Bibles. I've got some more here somewhere. Turn to Romans chapter 5. <clears throat> Some of these verses, I just, I have, I, I would encourage all you guys, you've heard me say this, but I would encourage all you guys to just have a set regular time. And right now I'm going through a, it's kind of a, a devotional thing that's in a, in a program I call, that I use called eSword. And it has a, um, it has a devotion and it has a scripture reading. It's like typically four or five passages. The one I'm going through now is you get through the New Testament in like three months, something like that. And I just in the last week, really, some of these verses I'm going to share with you tonight are some of the verses that popped out to me just during my time of, of reading that. And Romans 5 was one of them. Let me read this to you. Verse 1 it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Now look at verse 3. This is the part that jumped out at me. 
We can rejoice too. Okay, we get to rejoice. I don't have it up there, do I? So in your Bibles, your translation makes something a little different. But in, in this, we get to rejoice. When we run into problems and trials, <laughs> what's our response supposed to be? Say it a little louder like you believe it. Our response is supposed to be rejoice. When you get in the middle of that test, when that thing comes at you, whether it's financial, whether it's whether it's some kind of sickness, whether it's some issue with your family, whether it's something with your job, whether it's a right now I'm dealing with car problems and 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 I haven't handled it out well, <laughs> to be honest with you. And uh, so, but I'm rejoicing. I'm I'm trying to rejoice right in the middle of those things. And that's what it says. Because why? Here, here's the cool part. We rejoice when we run into those problems. For this is the why. Why do we do that? For we know that they help us to develop what? Endurance. Some translations say patience. Other translations say perseverance. I love that word perseverance. <laughs> Don't you just let you know, you know what you know what perseverance means? It means you. Man, it's deep, isn't it? It means you persevere. And to persevere means you have to kind of go through something. It's, it's easy. Look at it. It's easy to, probably not in the right use of this word, it's easy to persevere when everything's going right. It's when the tests and the trials come that, that Jesus is saying, or Paul, the Apostle Paul, God's saying through Paul, we need to rejoice in these things because why? Because they produce in us endurance. They produce in us patience. And endurance, what does that do? Endurance or patience develops in us strength of character. Now what, that doesn't mean that you're a character. I'm not looking at anybody, Rock. I'm not looking specifically at anyone. It, <laughs> It doesn't mean you're a character, but it produces. So the trials and the tests, when they come, here's the key, look at me. When the trials and tests come, if we rejoice, the keys rejoice, if we rejoice through them, then those produce in us patience, perseverance, endurance. That then produces in us character. (laughs) Character then produces a confident hope of our salvation. And this hope, look what it says, this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because He's given the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Isn't that powerful? Now here's here's the way most of it wish it would happen. We decide, we meet Jesus, and we decide we need character. Our hope would be, our our desire would be, you can come up front and you get somebody to lay hands on you and pray for you and you'll get character. Right? Our hope, our our we would like it if I, I, I after reading the Bible, I realized that I probably need patience. We all need patience. Would you agree? Our hope would be. Somebody could lay hands on us and pray for us and impart to us patience. Guess what? 
It doesn't work that way. Gifts come that way. You can lay hands on somebody and pray for them to receive a gift. You can pray for somebody to receive the Holy Spirit. You can pray for them. For those, those can come just like that. Character and patience, endurance, even hope doesn't come with somebody laying their hands on us praying that you get it and you get it like that. Guess how it comes? It comes when we rejoice <laughs> as we're walking through those things. Now, it doesn't say it there, but my, my, my guess or my sense would be if we go through those things and those trials and those tests and we go through them mumbling and grumbling and complaining and kicking and fighting all the way through there, my guess would be we're probably not going to get patience and endurance and character. So more than likely, guess what? You'll go through that mountain, you'll go around that mountain again. Because God's wanting to teach those things to us. Character comes through trials. Character comes through testing. Character comes through perseverance and patience and endurance. Hope comes through those things. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's cool, it's cool to read. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to talk about. I love preaching on this stuff, but it's not always fun to walk in. But rejoice. We get to rejoice. Because the whole, here's the cool thing. The Holy Spirit does live in us, and He can help us do that. He does, He can help us to rejoice in the middle of those things. I'm going to read to you Philippians. I think I have this up here because I'm going to read it out of the message. Turn, you can turn in your Bibles if you want to. Philippians 3, 7 through 14. I'm going to read it out of the message translation. You can follow up there. Paul says this, the very credentials these people, these people he's talking about are the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the credentials that they're waving around are something special. I'm tearing them up, throwing them out with the trash along with everything else I used to take credit for. Why? Because of Christ. Yes, all things, look what he says, all things I once thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of what? Knowing Jesus. See, here's again, he's not specifically saying this here, but if you'll take that and go back to the verses we just read, those trials and those tests, if you'll let them, if you're rejoicing in the middle of them, they will point you to Jesus. And you can lay them aside. You can do what Paul says. There's these things that I used to think are important. See, some of the stuff sometimes that we have in our lives. Now, Paul's talking specifically about his religious background and following the law and those things. But I think it can be applied to just sometimes stuff that we have in our life that maybe we think is really important. And it's through it's through sometimes these tests and trials and maybe even those being taken away that we begin to realize what's really important. So he says this, I want, the things I used to think were important are now gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ. He wants to know Jesus. He, go, he says that over and over and over in the epistles. I want to know Him. Know is an intimate term. It's a, it's a term of personal intimacy. And he's saying to, to, about, he wants to know Jesus. Not just know about Him, but know Him. Have experience with Him. Have a, have a, have a relationship with Him. So he says, I count that as dung. If you'll go ahead and read what it says, and my master firsthand, everything that I used to think was 
that I was everything that I had going for me is insignificant. And he calls it dog dung, scubula. We know what that word means. I've, I've dumped in all the trash so that I why? So I could embrace Christ and be embraced by Him. What's his goal? He wants to know Jesus. He wants to have fellowship. He wants to love Him. He wants to experience Him. So I push that stuff aside. I didn't want some petty inferior. I love how the message puts this. I didn't want some petty inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ. I can get God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff so that I could what? Know Christ. Are you with me? We're not there yet. Are we there? Yes. I give up the inferior stuff so that I could what? Know Him personally so I could experience His resurrection power. Now see, most of us know that verse, that part of it real well. I want to know Jesus and the power of His resurrection. Amen? We want, we like that. Let's go for it. I want the power. He also includes in that verse, however, and be a partner in His suffering and go all the way with Him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection of the dead, I wanted it. Now that's, He's not talking about resurrection in the sense of being resurrected of Jesus. He's talking about, it gets complicated every time. He's talking about an out-resurrection, kind of a, a, a walking in a newness of life. And I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know what, I've already been there, right? No. Yes. Going down to where it says, I'm not saying that I have all this together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way. Again, get Paul's heart in this. His, his heart is reaching out for Christ, going after Him, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself to be an expert in this, but I've got my eye on the goal. What's the goal? To know Jesus. That's the goal. The first of the year is always a good time to do what? Set goals. We always come up with these New Year's resolutions. And I'm not anti-New Year's resolutions. Some people can get on that kick. I think they're great. I think it's a good time to think about the coming year and, and make preparation and plans to do some of these things. But he's saying this, my goal, and I think that should be our goal, our goal should be to, to know him. To, to, I keep my eye on that goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. Look what he says. I love this. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. I love how the message puts that. I'm, you, I mean, you can just picture Paul. It's like he's just got this, it's like he's, he's got this stubbornness to him. <laughs> like that's where I'm headed. I'm going there. And it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what comes along. It doesn't matter whether they stone me, beat me, shipwreck me, whip me. It doesn't matter what they're saying about me. None of that matters. Why? Because I know my goal is there. My goal is Jesus. My goal is pressing in to Him, to know Him. Amen, Bob. <laughs> I mean, here's a guy just... Here's a guy in my thinking is so far ahead of where I'm at in his walk with Jesus. 
I know some of you guys are probably there or maybe ahead of him. In my feeling for myself, I would think the Apostle Paul is probably a little further along in his walk than I am. Not much, but a little bit. Okay? And yet, he's still saying this. This is a guy that wrote half of the New Testament. And he's still saying, my goal, and I'm going after more than anything else, is Jesus. That's my goal. That's what I want my goal to be for 2018. That's what I want your goal to be. I want, I want us to be known as people that are going after Jesus. Everything. We're willing to lay aside the stuff to go after Him with our whole hearts, with everything in us. I want to read a passage, another passage out of Acts 20. I was reading this. This is, the same, this is a passage again. I just read the other day and it just jumped out at me. And it says this in the message, Acts 27. We met on Sunday to worship and celebrate the Master's Supper. Paul addressed the congregation. Our plan was to leave first thing in the morning, but Paul talked on way past midnight. None of y'all have to amen that. <laughs> in other words, they were thinking he was going too long. You with me? He talked on. He went past midnight. We're, it's only seven o'clock now. I got five more hours, guys. <laughs> I didn't hear any amens there. He, he talked on way past midnight. We were meeting in a well-lighted upper room. I like how they, how the scripture puts this stuff together to let you know this place was lit up. <laughs> it's like, this was a well-lit place. And a young man named, whatever that is, Eustachus, Eustachus? Anyway, he was sitting in an open window and Paul went, look what it says, Paul went on and on and on and on. <laughs> I like that. While Paul was preaching eloquently and letting it rip, Eustachus fell sound asleep. (laughs) See, this happened in the New Testament. (laughs) This was first generation Christianity. He fell asleep. The problem is he was sitting in a window and when he fell asleep, he toppled out the third story window. (laughs) When they picked him up, he was dead. Now I guess you could say, Bob, if you're going to preach to midnight and one of us falls out the out of our chair dead, you better be able to go over there and lay hands on him and raise him from the dead. <laughs> so Paul went down, I love this, <laughs> he didn't just go down and lay hands on him. Paul went down and stretched himself on this guy and hugged him hard. No more crying, he said. There's life in him yet. Then Paul got up and he served the Master's Supper and he went on telling stories of the faith until, how late did he go? Until daybreak, until, can y'all see that? Huh? You gotta go on to another sec, another slide. There we go. Until dawn. He preached right on past midnight. The dude falls out the window, dies. He raises him to death and keeps right on preaching until dawn. Y'all think I'm long-winded. <laughs> Paul tells him, look, guys, stop crying. Quit. 
And he goes on telling stories. Paul goes one way after that, the congregation the other, and they lead the boy off alive and full of themselves. As I was reading this passage the other day, I was just reading, and like I say, it's part of my quiet time. And I don't know that I've ever really sensed this when I was reading that passage before, but what jumped, you know what jumped out at me at that as I read that? You don't need to ask that question. Bob, what jumped out at you as you read that question? <laughs> You're waiting, right? You're, you're sitting there just, just waiting. Here's what jumped out is the passion that these people had for the word and the passion they had for Jesus and the love they had for him. I, I don't know that I've ever gone through the night till the morning listening to somebody preach. I have been to small night prayer meetings. I have done that. And I probably slept through part of that. <laughs> but just, yeah, that's right. Yeah, some of those old ones are dead. You have fallen asleep. That's good, Rock. That's, well, that's good, buddy. <laughs> but you get, you understand what I'm saying? What, as I read that passage, it just kind of jumped out at me as their hunger and their passion for the things of Jesus. They were, they were, they wanted more. They, they pushed in. They, they desired. They wanted to hear what Paul had to say. They were passionate about it. They, they hungered for it. As I, as I thought about that, I thought to myself, where do I have that kind of passion? Do I have that kind of hunger? Is there, is that fire in me? And when I thought about that, it's like, there's, there's a passage where Paul tells Timothy to stir up the, the faith, stir up the gift that's in him. Fan another place where it says, fan that flame. And I think, I think we can stir that up. I, I, and again, it's the Holy Spirit. You can't do it in the flesh, but I think there's something that you can do in you that says, God, I'm just, I'm hungry for more. And, and, and maybe just even admit, I'm not really even sure how to get it, but I just got, I know one thing. I just want more. I want more of you. Show me what to do. And I think there's some key things you can worship and that stirs that up. You can get in the word and that stirs it up. But just begin. I just, for me, 2018, I, I, I would like to end 2018 when I'm asking the question, I can't believe another year's coming on. I'd like to end 2018 knowing that during that year, my hunger and my passion for Jesus increased. That it's greater this time next year than it is now. That's my goal. I think that's your goal. Is that we that increases in us and that passion, that desire, that that love for Jesus. It doesn't wane. It doesn't take a backseat. It just grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And that to me is what's so cool about the Apostle Paul saying he wants that. Because that says to me, there's more for him. There's got to be more for me. <laughs> that makes sense. I want to end with this. I want to just tell you a story. Christmas Day, Kathy and I were over at Kathy's parents' house and all the kids and nephews and nieces and babies. And there were probably, what, at least 15 of us, maybe 20. We had eaten and we were kind of just all sitting around in a big circle in the room. And, and uh, Kathy's sister, Pam, just kind of out of the blue, comes walking by and hands everybody a lottery ticket. And she had done that before. She had handed out lottery tickets before, and so it wasn't weird. So I don't personally, I think I may have spent $3 of my life on lottery tickets. 
And I'm, I'm going to surprise you with something later about that. Not tonight, but at some point in the future. But anyway, sidetrack. And it's a scratch-off lottery ticket, and it's a pick three. Okay? And so I scratch off the first one, and it's got $10,000. I scratch off the next one, it's got $5. Scratch off the next one, it's got $10,000. I still got like three left to scratch off. I'm thinking, well, I've already got two, I only need one more. Scratch off another one, and it's like $10. Scratch off another one, it's $10,000. So I'm looking at this lottery ticket, and it's got three $10,000 things on there. And I'm going, okay. <laughs> and inside of me, there's a couple of things going off. One is, just like that, I'd already spent the $10,000. <laughs> I mean, literally, that quick, I knew where the $10,000 was going. Okay. The second thing was, no way. There's just no way that I just won $10,000. I'm, I'm looking at it thinking, okay, did I read it wrong? So I'm looking back and going, well, no, it says scratch three. And then I thought, well, maybe you meant only three. And if you got those matched, then that's what it meant. So I'm thinking, does this really mean? And so, you know, in me, there's no way. At the same time, there's this, there's this excitement, you know, this just pumping in me. It's like, Oh my God, I just won $10,000, you know, and then not wanting to believe it. Nah, no, no way this has happened. So I, I think it was my niece was sitting to me, and I, you know, I'm like, is this really mean what it says? And she looks at it and she goes, yeah, I think so. And so I got up <laughs> and I went over to my nephew. I'm not sure why I went to him. But he was younger and I guess had good eyesight, so I thought maybe he could read something I wouldn't see. I said, is this really real? He said, yeah. And, and I'm like getting more and more excited. <laughs> and he says, well, let's read the back. You know, let's see what, where it says on the back. And so he starts to read the back. He says, you know, anything under, you know, $100 you can claim at the store and get your money. And anything from 10000 and over, you can call Santa Claus at 1-800-DREAMLAND and collect your money. <laughs> <laughs> so is that mean or what? I mean, that's just mean to trick somebody into thinking they just won $10,000. It was a fake lottery ticket, okay? You can buy those fake lottery tickets. and uh, But I just think that's cruel to do that to somebody. I would never do that to anybody. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. But here's here's why I brought that up. I started thinking later, like probably during the next week, I started thinking about it. I thought, am I as excited about Jesus as I was about the prospects of just winning $10,000? If that had been a real lottery ticket and I'd really won $10,000, how pumped and excited do you think I would have been? How many people do you think I would have told? I'd have been on the phone telling all my friends. I'd have Facebooked it, pictured it. You know, I'd take a snap a picture of it. And, you know, after I collected the $10,000, somebody didn't come over and try and steal my lottery ticket. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I mean, for that kind of part of me, question it, but the other part of me was just already excited and rejoicing and happy and 
And and I just I just afterwards for actually for a couple of weeks now I've just kind of thought about it. So am I am I am I as excited about Jesus as I would have been if I'd have won ten thousand dollars? And ten thousand dollars really is not. It's not. I could spend it literally in a heartbeat. It would, it's not like that would last me the rest of my lifetime. In fact, is our Discover car could probably take care of it with all the hospital stuff. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I mean, see, I want to be, and I, and there's times where I am, and there's times where I'm not. Okay, but I want to be a whole lot more excited about Jesus than I am if I just won ten million dollars. I mean, that same type of enthusiasm and excitement we should have about Jesus and what he's done in us than any amount of money. In fact, isn't there a scripture somewhere about you know, what's it profit a man if he, if he has all of this, this stuff but loses his own soul? You know? I mean, what is, what is, what is, I mean, what's $10 million the rest of the year if you won the jackpot, wasn't it? 400 something million the other day or something or 500 something million the, the mega ball thing I saw somebody won I just I was like Jesus I, I, that's the kind of I read these things about the Apostle Paul and I, and I think this guy's a he's a man of God a man of faith a man that, that just I mean he's like here in my eyes of, of, a, of a swan that, that emulates a follower of Jesus and yet him after all these years he's still saying I just want to know him. I just want to, I want to know him. I want to, I want to press into him. I want to, I want to have that kind of walk with him. And so my, my prayer for this year, for us, for this church, for, for you guys is that it is at the end of 2018, I want to, I want to know I at least grew in that. You know, I mean, maybe I'll be there. Maybe I'll be here, wherever there and here is, but I I want to, I want to at least know over this next year that I've, that I've grown more passionate about Jesus. Don't you? Let's stand up. I want to just pray for you guys as a church. I want to encourage you if you are here and you need some, you know, maybe, maybe 2017 was a, wasn't a wonderful year for you either. <laughs> and you, you'd like some prayer over that. We'd love to pray with you guys, but I want to just, I want to just pray over the church. Why don't you just kind of, you know, assume the vineyard position and put your hands out and I want to just pray over you guys. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just, I want to, I ask you in the name of Jesus, over each of the people in this room, over this body, over this church, Lord, over this family. Father, I want to ask you that 2018 would be a year in each of our lives where we can look back this time next year and we can look back and go, you know, maybe it was a tough year, maybe there were some tests, maybe there were some trials, maybe it was an incredible year and just the favor of God was all over me and it was an incredible time of blessing and finances and health and it, it, no matter which area that swing of that pendulum is, that Father, at the end of the year, that we can look back and go, you know what? In 2018, I pressed on. 
I move forward. I, I have a greater love and a greater passion and a greater hunger for Jesus than I did at the, at the beginning of 2018. So, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just bless the folks here. I bless this group. I bless this family in the name of Jesus. And I bless them with favor. I bless them with a hunger. I bless them with a passion. I bless them with a desire to know you and to know you more intimately and to know you in a more powerful way. And in Jesus' name, I just bless them with, with peace, with prosperity. May they, as Paul prayed and, and, and as he wrote in Ephesians, God, may you just bless them with all spiritual blessings. In Christ's name. And they may, may they grow to know what those are. And Daddy, may you bless them with wisdom and bless them with courage and with health and with strength and protection. In Jesus' name, Lord, just come, Father. Come on your people. Put a, and grow, Father. In the name of Jesus, just continue to grow in each of us a hunger and a passion and a desire to know you, to want to walk with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you that uh, your word just uh, is, is so covered with, with verses and scriptures and prayers that it says we can pray just like that and you will answer them. And so, Father, we just receive in the name of Jesus. We receive all that you have already done in our lives. We receive that and the fulfillment of that in our lives in Jesus' name. Well, amen. Amen. Be blessed, guys. May God just cause His face to shine on you this week. And if you'd like some prayer and maybe some stuff has been going on this week and, or this, you just, you want some prayer, we'd love to pray with you. So come on up and we'll, we'll do that. If not, be blessed. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. 